0: What can that we'll fall?
1: All my life by bring him he's covered in it. That can't be good Let's go One slice Now is our time
0: It's been a big year for Black Panther Wakanda Forever cinematographer Autumn Duraldar. She earned her first Emmy nomination for Disney Plus series Loki, which was her debut Marvel project. And more recently, she entered the awards conversation for her lensing of Black Panther Wakanda Forever. This was her first project with Ryan Coogler. I'm very happy to welcome Autumn as our guest on this episode. I'm Carolyn Giardina. Welcome to The Hollywood Reporter's Behind the Screen. Adam, thank you so much for joining us and congratulations on the film. Oh, thank you, Carolyn. Nice to be here. So you actually had your first experience working on a Marvel project with the series Loki. How did you go from Loki to meeting Ryan Coogler and joining Black Panther?
1: Yeah, I hadn't yet met Ryan um, officially. Uh, we knew of each other. I think I was recommended to him. Um, I guess when he initially became aware of my work, when he was looking for a cinematographer for Creed. um, Rachel and I are good friends. And And that's um,
0: Rachel Morrison, who shot the first Black Panther.
1: Yes, Rachel Morrison. And so she had, and I think a other friend of mine, Bradford Young, cinematographer, had recommended me to Ryan. Um, It didn't work out for Creed, but you know, we knew of each other from that point on. So when Rachel found out that she was unable to shoot um, Panther 2, uh, she uh, brought my name up again and uh, ended up kind of, you know, the conflict in her schedule, uh, we kind of, she gave me a heads up about it. And so I it was on my back burner. Um, and then Ryan and I finally had a um, FaceTime where we kind of officially met and it kind of just went on from there. Like we had a great time speaking, um, got along very well. And yeah, I was honored to be a part of it. Um, obviously already interested, but after speaking to Ryan and meeting him, it just solidified that for me. Cause, um, yeah, he's a very special individual.
0: This movie obviously follows the the tragic passing of Chadwick Boseman. At what point was this when you and Ryan started talking about the movie and where was the story at that time?
1: Yeah, Chadwick had passed um, prior to me coming on to the project. So uh, with his passing, they obviously, there were a lot of conversations, and they ended up deciding to um, revise the script and move forward. So uh, that came, that happened, and then Rachel obviously had the conflict, and then um, Ryan and I spoke. So when Ryan and I spoke, I was very aware of um, that the script was being revised, and um, that we would pay homage to him and it would be a very sensitive, um, and kind of special project that, or task that we were taking on. So, uh, yeah, I took it very seriously. Um, and again, just feeling honored to be a part of that project, uh, let alone, um, do something and pay homage to Chadwick and T'Challa was very special and, you know, rewarding after the fact, because looking back now, um, and kind of seeing how audiences have responded, um, it feels very nice that we were able to do something um, that they're, you know, responding to, but also that we're very proud of.
0: Particularly with the emotional weight of this story, it's obviously different from the first film. Um, what did you and Ryan talk about as far as what you wanted to achieve with the visual style?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard because we have... You know, there are so many aspects of this film that are different from the first as far as, like, opening up new worlds, um, introducing new characters. We decided to approach it differently as far as f- camera and format lenses. Um, you know, we're shining a lot light uh, more on our female protagonists, um, mother-daughter relationships, different. Uh, dealing with grief, um, rebirth. Um, So I think while paying homage to what the group had done before and, you know, we're back in Wakanda and there's so many beautiful, um, you know, textural attributes that, Wakanda has, but also kind of extending those off into a new direction with um, the second one. Uh, Yeah, it was just amazing to collaborate with Ryan and Ruth and Hannah because, you know, what they did before was so groundbreaking. And um, the intention this time was just to kind of explore that even further and and give more scope to that world. Um, We decided to shoot uh, with anamorphic lenses and, you know, with that format, you're getting a wider field of view, um, which Ryan was very appreciative of. And also, I tend to like to shoot with anamorphic glass, and that's something that um, he hadn't done previously, but was very open to. And the conversation started with him. It was something that came up um, prior, and you know, I had heard he was interested in that. So when we met up, we explored that more and obviously discussed more references. I had previously shot Loki um, with some modified and expanded T-series that Dan Sasaki at Panavision uh, worked with us on. And so, you know, it was it was introducing a different lens at which to look at this world, um, which was exciting for me, but then also um, new for the team. So uh, it was, yeah, it was inspiring to kind of take what they had done before, but, you know, adding a bit more texture onto that because... The glass that we chose um, renders uh, some more vintage qualities, uh, more aberrations, has a dreamier quality, softer glass, and uh, this was an approach Ryan was very interested in because of what he wanted to present this time around, as far as um, you know, grief and dreams and rebirth. Um, so yeah, it was it was I was very honored to kind of be able to be a part of a new take on it um, while also introducing new characters
0: to that theme, you you really used a lot of uh, shots to take advantage of natural light, you know, very organic. Um, Do you want to elaborate a little bit on shooting some of those quieter moments?
1: Yeah. I mean, light is so important to me. I kind of came up, you know, I went to AFI, American Film Institute for my um, graduate degree, degree in cinematography. And I was always interested in light. And I think, that probably comes from having a photography background. I did my own photography. Um, I started in documentary, just always paying attention to how light behaves and how your experience in any situation is so much affected by light. Um, And so as a DP, for me, that's one of the most important things um, that, you know, I work with that helps me tell my story and helps kind of, um, solidify my vision so in my approach to this it was always very much um, having it be its own character Um, that's important to me so and Ryan's obviously a big fan of that Um, it's very important for him that um, the actors the audience um, that everyone on set has the feeling that what we're doing feels real to them and in that way it will be portrayed to the audience um, so, So trying to always make sure things feel natural, they feel real. And, you know, we're working in a lot of worlds that are, um, you know, have a high level of visual effects. So anything that we can do on camera and anything that we can do to help tell the story that this is actually happening in the space, um, he's a big fan of, as am I. So um, as far as light, I think, you know, working with my team, my gaffer, my key grip, it was very important for me, even in these bigger situations to make it feel natural. So whether or not it is actually using the sun, sometimes we did do that. Um, But also having whatever supplemental light we're using um, feel real on our stages, um, in our big day exteriors. Um, So that's important to me. Um, And I think the diffusion of light um, to make it feel real as it falls on someone's face if you're replicating the sun is is something I kind of pride myself in because um, I never like uh, the audience to feel like there's studio lights on set hitting the actors. So um, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. It was, it was shot in Atlanta. And then as you mentioned, of course, you also had the, um, the scale of the, uh, the epic shots with a lot of visual effects. Uh, would you talk about shooting those?
1: Yeah, I think it's, you know, I had, I dabbled in that um, playground a bit on Loki um, because, you know, that being a new platform for Marvel and, um, them really wanting those streamers, um, even their episodic six, six episodes to feel like they're films. Um, so we were doing a lot of things on a much larger scale, um, and having a lot of support in each department working with all the departments and mm-hmm. financial support to carry out our, our you know, grand ideas. So um, it was great for me to move from Loki into Panther because, you know, on an even bigger scale, um, you know, I was able to expand on what I had learned previously. So, you know, we shot a lot of our big day exteriors in Atlanta, um, which can pose a lot of issues with weather, just, you know, uh, temperamental weather. So that poses a big problem for scheduling and consistency outside. Um, And, you know, these big action scenes have a lot of, um, you know, characters and stunts. um, And so an SFX, so working with all these departments in prep, um, very extensive prep to make sure that, you know, everybody is organized and ready on the day because we were fighting a lot of different, um, weather issues, um, that poses a huge problem. So, uh, you know, as, you know, Managing all the departments, managing my department, making sure that when we're hit with weather issues, lightning issues that we have, um, we're able to pivot and um, still keep shooting. And also just to make sure that all of this stuff is consistent. So, you know, you're spending weeks um, shooting one big action scene, the weather's changing, but you're uh, honestly trying to create a stage outside, right? I think it's very important to me to have a sense of contrast in the exterior Um because I don't generally like a lot of light bouncing around. I like to keep a contrast on face. I like to keep a contrast on scene, um, on the, you know, on the set, on the scene. So uh, shaping those bigger sets, you know, sets that are, you know, 300 feet long, um, you know, and we have blue screen 360 surrounding them, you know, it, it takes a lot of coordination uh, from rigging, grip, lighting, um, you know, being on the same page with the assistant director and making sure actors when they're coming out, um, how much prep time you need. And, you know, it's, it's, it's very much a big dance with all of these departments, um, the stunt department, making sure the rigging department, the stunt department are on the same page because as I'm moving big machines around, I mean, gray dolls and big frames to create contrast and, um, you know, big BB lights that we're all kind of aware of each other's uh, directive. So, um, yeah, I think it was nice to have an experience on Loki prior, where we also did some of this day exterior work, creating stages outside, essentially, and coming on to Panther on this bigger scale. Um, Because as you see in our sequences, they're very big sequences with a lot of players. Um, and yeah, I think ultimately I'm very proud of them. Uh, Ryan is involved in everything. And essentially what I mean by that is he likes to be there for all of the units. So if we have underwater unit, or we have our, um, you know, second unit stunts or second unit, um, we had car chase, you know, he's a part of all of that. So he's there, uh, shooting that. And then also, for our experience that we had some delays and some unfortunate events, um, which meant that we took on a bit more of the stunt work. So as far as the action scenes in the film, um, Ryan and I shot a lot of those. And, you know, I learned so much because I think Ryan definitely, for him to be able to be there for all of those action sequences and break them down and allow um, all of us to kind of, you know, interpret them in the prep of them and in the shooting of them. I do find that when I watch those sequences um, in the film now, they're very well done and they're easy to understand. And um, I think they play very well. And they're not, to me, they're not choppy and cutty and you know action that you can't follow. Um, yeah, I'm very proud of those sequences. And I think Ryan and the editors did a fabulous job.
0: When you cited these unfortunate um, circumstances, what exactly are you referring to? Uh,
1: just that we had some delays in production, um, and, you know, they were publicized, so. Um,
0: the underwater sequences were fantastic. Would you talk about shooting those?
1: Sure. Um, our underwater uh, sequences played a huge part in um, kind of this Panther 2, and, you know, I, I kind of always say this, this film is like three films in one Um and it's very felt too, that, that we approached, um, kind of it in that way, as far as like, there are these different worlds that you're able to go through. There's the underwater world. There's a new, um, you know, we're introducing this new Mayan culture, this new superhero, um, Namor. And, and then we go back to Wakanda and we kind of see new areas within Wakanda. Um, but yeah, I think, Taking on the underwater aspect was huge. And as far as all departments being on board for trying our best to make it feel as real as possible um, production design, VFX, um, you know, makeup and hair and costume, uh, all of us trying to do as much as we could so that those textures, those colors, um, those realistic qualities of being underwater were, you know, um, carried out in our final image. So as far as VFX, we decided to take this approach and, you know, I think researching how light changes um, through absorption and turbidity in water. And essentially what that means is kind of, uh, you know, the clarity of water. So when you go into the deep ocean, you know, you you don't have much visible sight beyond a certain amount, right, of, you know, Beyond six feet, it can be very um, murky and it's hard to see. So a lot of times when we see underwater films, um, you know, we all kind of get a sense like this feels a bit fake. You know, it feels too lit. How, you know, if you've done any deep sea diving or anything like that, um, it's really hard to see um, in the depths of the sea. So that's something that we all took very seriously when doing our tests because we wanted to make sure that, you know, it felt real. So our approach was, uh, it was kind of like a Pepsi challenge we created where we did, uh, the same test scene. It was shot twice. We did wet for wet and we did dry for wet, um, with the underwater work first. So wet for wet, meaning that we shot all of these test scenes in actual water in a tank. Um, and then dry for wet, meaning we shot the same scenes, uh, lit the same way, um, on a stage um, in a dry environment. Um, And then later in post, the VFX team recreated the same shots and worked with Weta, uh, which is the um, digital team that we did for for our film. We worked with Weta and they kind of rendered turbidity and some absorption parameters to kind of make those two shots feel like they're underwater. So taking those references, right? Wet for wet and dry for wet. And then in post creating underwater feel. And so it was really getting tests back and seeing how we felt about, you know, how did light fall? Um, You know, what was the turbidity and clarity? Like, did it feel really uh, like we're in the deep dark ocean? So uh, all of this stuff was super important to Ryan. So we all worked together trying to make sure that, you know, and obviously Ruth giving us fabrics and um, uh, Ruth Carter, the costume designer and Hannah Beekler giving us uh, stuff to, you know, shoot in the water as far as like, uh, paint tests for textural, textural, um, you know, kind of examples of Namor's throne room, um, and certain colors underwater are hard to see at like red. And so it was all these different tests that we went through, um, to kind of figure out what we were trying to say, as far as how deep in the ocean are we and how clear can we see things beyond a certain, you know, amount of meters. Um, and so, yeah, it was really exciting because I think As you can see, a lot of the underwater work, I feel it's very uh, groundbreaking because it does feel real to me. I think light falls very naturally underwater in these scenes. Um, It does. Yeah. And it looks very beautiful. And I think all the departments, um, kind of their work shines underwater, which I think is so important, right? Because I think a lot of the time you can have, um, you can see films where in post it may feel underwater, but then the costumes are overlit, right? It doesn't feel real or the production design is overlit and how, how can light fall that way underwater? It's too bright, you know, so it feels like it's more on a set. So I think what we, the conclusion that we came to was, was really beautiful. And what did some amazing work and our, um, our VFX supervisor, visor and his team, Jeff Bauman did a fabulous job of kind of, you know, during prep and, while we were shooting, making sure that stuff came back and felt really real. And Ryan was very happy and we were all able to give a lot of notes to get it to where it needed to be. Um, But
0: yeah. So to be clear, um, you shot tests, you shot wet for wet and then dry for wet tests. But ultimately what we're seeing on screen is what Weta
1: recreated in the computer. It's fully CG. Um, Well, yeah. So not all shots fully CG. So there are big world shots, the wides that have our references from certain plates that we shot underwater. So part of the scene in this big, um, virtually created wide, you will get references from, you know, plates of kids and adults swimming through water. So all of that is real. And then they recreate, you know, the wider shot, but on, on, tighter shots those are wet for wet so there are a lot of shots in the film that are actually wet for wet and obviously the background Mm -hmm. because we shot them in a tank um with blue screen uh the background uh is a different you know is a plate the vfx rendered plate so you'll see the combination of those two so you can actually see people swimming underwater how fabric um renders underwater and all of that's real. And then obviously they take those plates and and they comp them together. So, so it's a a blend of both, Um, but we did do a lot underwater. I don't know percentages. That'd be an interesting thing to, to talk to them about, Um, but, but yeah, so it's a combination of both Um, obviously with our bigger world building wider shots, those are mostly CG. More than once, actually.
0: Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Would you tell us about shooting the scene when the queen strips the general of her rank?
1: Oh, yes. That's one of my favorite scenes. Um... I'm glad you brought that up. I'm assuming you did because you like that as well. I did. <laughs> I did yeah, too. it's. I always tell Ryan, um, I, you know, I obviously was there, and um, uh, I tell him it, it's probably one of the most beautiful scenes I've ever been a part of and shot because when I watch that scene, I feel like I'm wa- I'm watching a movie, and I think what I mean by that is like. As a filmmaker that's on set every day, um, it's hard now to watch your own film, right? Because you're kind of, you know, because you were there, um, you're very aware of everything. And obviously, you you know what's going to happen next. But for some reason, whenever I watch that scene, I feel like a spectator um, because it's so powerful. And they did such a beautiful job of editing that scene. Um, And it it feels like an old movie to me. Um, It's so beautifully done. And I think being on the set that day, it was so powerful. I mean, Angela is a powerhouse, um, and Denies is a powerhouse. And, you know, it, it was so felt, you know, where those cameras were, um, and you're watching her reaction to when she was stripped of her rank. Um, yeah, it was very, very felt. And I just love the framing and I love everything about that scene and how we lit it. And so, yeah, I think, um, I always, always feel like when I watch that, that, that scene will be something that stays with me for a long time. And I think audiences will kind of pick that out as a very important uh, scene in the film. Um, It, it just tells you so much. I mean, there's so much weight to it.
0: Another obviously incredibly emotional scene is uh, T'Challa's funeral. Would you talk about filming that?
1: Yeah. Hmm. um, T'Challa's funeral was such a big day for us, I think um, for obvious reasons, but it was also a big celebration. Um, and you can see that in the film that everybody is kind of celebrating T'Challa while also celebrating Chad because he had such an impact on the world um, and his work in this film, but also just on the individuals that made the film with him the first time around. Um, you know, he's such a beautiful person. And, you know, he wasn't there and I unfortunately never got to meet him, but, um, you know, His presence was felt so much um, in the making of that film, and people would tell stories and talk about him. And so I got to kind of know him through all of those stories that I heard, and he was just so very important to Ryan. Um, And so, uh, yeah, even though I didn't get to interact with him, I always felt his presence and always felt like we were wanting to pay homage to him and honor him, and that he was kind of looking down on us. um, and I do believe that. Um, so in that, on that day, um, yeah, it was you know it was something of a you know celebration. Um, obviously, there was sadness because we were uh, you know we had that scene in the sacred grove where you know they took his um, casket and walked it through the streets, and we had so many people on rooftop t- dancing and drummers and um, important singers and, you know, children. And, you know, so you did feel like it was actually happening and we were there capturing it. So there was a bit of a documentary feel to it. Uh, we had six cameras. Um, I had great operators on that day and, um, a lot of people, uh, that I knew that I worked with before and, you know, just trying to capture, um, the energy and the strength of him, but also, what people were bringing to that moment. Um, and yeah, it was beautiful. I mean, you know, Ryan was there kind of making announcements on the big speaker. And we just wanted to make sure that everyone felt a part of something um, and then capturing that for the film. So uh, it's, I guess, a smaller part of our film. It opens up our, our kind of um, film with it, with the scene, but obviously on the day we captured so much more.
0: What did Ryan tell the actors and the crew on that day?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Cause I, I mean, I've been on that film for about a year and six months. That was a very (laughs) long time ago. Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, honestly, I don't remember, but anything that comes out of Ryan's mouth is impactful, inspirational, and beautiful. And I, and I say that truly, honestly, um, he is one of the most inspiring people that I've ever met, um just as a person and as a director, even more obviously. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, you know, he sees everyone. I've always said that he makes films with everyone and for everyone. So everyone that is on, on our sets, um, always feels seen by him and by everyone. Cause it starts at the top, right? You know, um, with directors like that, it, you feel very, a part of making something special you feel very important you feel like a group making something and i think that's you know on a film like ours where you know you're shooting about a you know a year it's very important to keep your crew inspired and happy and to make them feel like they're a part of something and ryan does that uh, brilliantly so on that day i don't exactly recall but uh there were a lot of um inspirational words and just making everyone feel like it was something to be happy about and that it would be in the film as a positive um you know positive scene even though there was sadness about the the fact that he did pass away it must
0: have been so emotional for the cast members in particular the ones who worked with him closely on the first very very much yes
1: and you see that in the scene you see the close-ups you see that um and that is all obviously um captured uh it's very intimate in the sacred grove obviously and then as you see the procession um uh you see the impact that obviously the previous film had and those relationships and then it carries out into kind of this conclusion that you um say goodbye to him as the uh casket goes up
0: for the uh for the procession i mean obviously there's a lot of visual effects in it but how big was the set that was built and do you remember how many like roughly how many extras there were on set
1: yeah. I mean, Hannah's amazing. You know, she's a powerhouse. So she, as much as she can, she tries to give us full worlds as far as, you know, um, that, that street, uh, it's called the North triangle. And, um, I want to say it was like 250 around there, you know, that length of that street. And so she's trying to, you know, give us as much kind of height as we can. Cause we knew people would be on roofs um and so in our prep we talked about we would go down there and talk about ryan okay so for that sequence where do you want people where would drummers be what are the perspectives that we're going to be shooting from that we want in our wide to see people kind of um interacting with the kind of um second line that was coming down the street so um yeah i think that was very important in prep to kind of know how we were going to shoot it what our angles were um but yeah, that was a very beautiful set. And, you know, she had, there were different shops and homes and apartments and stuff. So there was a lot of texture to that. Um, and yeah, she she's so great about kind of, you know, as far as research and making sure things are true to the culture and obviously the world that they built before and her and Ryan have such a close knit relationship. And yeah, um, you know, obviously I just wanted to pay homage to that about as far as like how light falls I'm always trying to pay homage to um, the production designer because I think it's so important to see what they've done. I mean, essentially, you know, as a DP, you are you want to shine light on all of their hard work as well. Um, it's so much a part of how um, great we can make thing we can make things look and how we like their sets. But I also love shooting wides and I like to have context um, for you know, the people in the scene. So I think it's important to kind of see always what's around you. Um, but yeah, that was one of our sets. And also that set, um, as you see later, is what gets, there's a big flood that comes through that whole um, area. Um, and that obviously posed other issues with trying to kind of make sure that when we did Flood It, that those elements and textural elements still stay true. You know, obviously when you dunk something underwater, like a big set like that, things change. So, um, but yeah, I think it was really important on the day um, to make sure everyone, all the departments were seen and that we had a lot of prep when we did that sequence.
0: And then I'd love to talk about the intimate ending when we meet uh, T'Challa's son. Yes. Yes. Tell us about filming that scene.
1: Yeah, it was, I think we were so happy to go, we shot um, a lot of our sequences th- in the film that were near the beach, um, like our beach sequences for the Telecon in Puerto Rico. So as you can see in, I think there's a scene where Namor kind of flashes back to how he was born um, and culturally how his people came um, came to to be underwater and also introduces him as a young boy. And so those were also shot in Puerto Rico. So when we, ha- we shot out those sequences early on in our trip there, and then at the end, it was kind of, we ended with that sequence that you're speaking of. Um, and I think those sequences in the film are so beautiful and obviously very felt. Um, I think you previously said like natural light. And I think those are the sequences that you probably feel that the most, um, in those day exteriors. Um, and yeah, I think obviously like the procession and like the sacred grove funeral, this also had a lot of impact on the actors, but just also on the crew around us, this very sensitive scene, um, when she's on the beach burning the clothes. So, uh, obviously I, you know, worked with, um, the AD and, you know, we, Ryan and I wanted it to be at the end of the day. That was the best light for the angle that we wanted. And, you know, we got a little bit lucky with, um, you know, there was a lot of wind that day and the trees were blowing and obviously there wasn't a ton of cloud cover. So you got that nice, beautiful flare coming in the lens and yeah, it was just really, um, impactful in the moment, but also, um, all of those natural elements, um, were, were captured and really it, those are what makes the scene so full and obviously the performance is so sensitive and beautiful. Um, so yeah, I think you try your best right to time things out and you try your best to shoot things in the moment. But I do feel like that's probably one of the, um, kind of most impactful things I've ever shot as far as like everything timing out to be so beautiful and natural and, um, you know, on a beach in Puerto Rico where we're watching the sunset right behind her as she's saying goodbye to her brother. Um, and then obviously meeting, um, her nephew. Uh, so yeah, I think I always emote the most when I watch that scene repeatedly. Uh, it just gets me every single time. And I don't see how anyone could watch that and not, um, have an emotional reaction to it. Uh, it's so beautiful. It's like, I feel like it's, like Ryan in a nutshell, it's like, he's so, he's so, he's such a beautiful person and and so emotional, but that scene to me is so, um, it's so, it's so simple, but it tells you everything, but it's so much Ryan. Like it's so felt and it's as if the director is kind of just, he's held your hand through the whole movie and then he, it's just the the release, right? Just to let go and kind of encapsulates exactly what, I think this movie is and it's just about family and it's about rebirth and it's about letting trying to let go of grief but also it it does stay with you and, and, and you know you just have sometimes you have to carry it with you and you're reminded of it but um yeah it's one of the most beautiful endings i think i've seen
0: autumn has been great talking with you about the film um thank you so much and uh, congratulations thank you so much
1: yeah it's been great to speak with you